Black Doctors Podcast, Season 6. Part of me on the Black Doctors Podcast, I guess, is not starting on time. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> is that well, what it is? I mean, I'm never on time for anything, so. Uh, fair. I'm really on time uh, for most things. But, again, I've embraced the notion of giving people time that they need to oh, look at that. do whatever it is that they need to do. Hello and welcome back to the show. I am Steven, your friendly neighborhood anesthesiologist, medical ethicist, and the host of the Black Doctors Podcast. I'm joined this week by Dr. Nate Jones. He is a pediatric emergency medicine physician. We're chatting, we're catching up, talking about current events, what's going on on Twitter, RSV, that's you know taking over hospitals and emergency departments everywhere. Chat briefly about the Black Panther. And then we are gonna jump into a conversation on respectability politics and navigating professionalism as a underrepresented minority medicine. Stay tuned for the second part of this conversation, which will be in a subsequent podcast episode. But for now, just sit back, enjoy the show. We'll hear first from our sponsors, Picmonic, and then jump into today's episode. This podcast is sponsored by Picmonic. In 2011, two medical students came up with the ingenious idea to combine medical education with unforgettable characters and ridiculously memorable stories. Featuring over 35,000 high-yield facts and graphics, Picmonic has helped over 600,000 students improve exam scores and perform better clinically. Picmonic has resources for pre-med and medical students, as well as other healthcare professions. Check out the show notes for a link to their website. Mention the podcast when you subscribe. With Picmonic, you can study less, but remember more. And I couldn't find any. I couldn't find the mic. I couldn't find... I, was, I, mean, oh, I knew where gosh. it was. I just had to get it all together. Well, so, it, I, don't, it, I don't have the official setup that you have, so I have to like well, put it together. And, and you also rarely ever uh, record episodes. That's so not true. That. That's not <laughs> <laughs> well, the shade. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I really don't know how you it, do it. I saw it, you released a, uh, an archival episode. I, I uh, did. If, if anybody wants to be, be the co-producer, uh, co-host of the Black Diamonds <laughs> podcast, there's an open spot on the team. <laughs> no! I mean, and there, yeah, there is, actually. <laughs> Probably is. No, I, 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 we, need, we need, like, an actual, like, I need, like, a production schedule or something. Um, yeah, we, talk, we, we had talk, that for, like, three episodes. Did we? Oh, yeah, because we had a theme. That's why it was much easier. To yeah, work, you, well, you, you had that all, like, fixed. And then Fellowship started, and... I know. Well, see, this is, this is life. But such is life, right? That is the life of, of, of any um, professional. Absolutely. So, I, I have been reacquainted with the horrors of graduate medical education and the Ooh. schedule. So Yeah, you have no control over your schedule. I mean, do you guys have like a chief fellow or something, like a schedule or something? Uh, no, it was, it was just three of us. We just, you know, oh. for the ICU, six months out of the year, we're in like an actual ICU where we're on mm-hmm. six days a week just getting mm-hmm. crushed. And then you're on elective. I'm on elective now, so I have, life is good. What's your, what's your elective? Um, echo. So I follow the echocardiographers oh. around and learn how to do transthoracic echo and then how to read uh, transesophageal echoes. Oh, look at you learn how to do some I, echoes. Okay, okay. To be uh, 100% honest, I've mostly been interviewing for jobs, so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, this is usually this part of fellowship where it's like, I'm not really there. <laughs> it's always the end of your training. I mean, you're not even end. You're actually in the middle of your training because it's only a year fellowship, right? Yes, it is, Nate. Oh, yes, it is. But we got to get that job. I, listen, listen, bills don't get paid by themselves. Uh, what's new with you? RSV? What's what's this talk about RSV? I don't do uh, Keith stuff, so. Uh, yeah, well, it's a virus. You uh, <laughs> 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 can start there. Uh, it is, uh, I always tell people, it's like, I tell parents, it's always like, it's a, it's like a common cold virus. I mean, it's not very, not 
I don't know if that's accurate, but um, um, I, I know I'm lying to families. No, no, no. Oh, I think the problem God. is that it's interesting dealing with RSV in this time of uh, COVID because I think, I mean, before COVID, I mean, our RSV has been around for, for for as long as I can know about and I've been practicing for almost six years. So I'm just kidding. Six um, years. But it's been around. Okay, you're counting uh, residency. <laughs> I, would have, listen, I actually used to count since med school, so that's almost 10 years, okay? So see. Um, I've been a practitioner. No, no but RSV has been around for forever, and no one's really paid that much attention to it because it causes um, respiratory symptoms um, uh, every year. It's usually around, you know, January-ish. And we started seeing it very early, uh, probably like, ooh, I want to say like September, October-ish. Um, really, really early. Um and the issue with RSV is that it can cause a decent amount of breathing issues. Um, bronchiolitis, I don't know if you remember that from your peace clerkship. Um, but wow. one of the things is what we deal with very frequently is bronchiolitis. The issue is we have all these kids who were born and raised in the COVID era and their immunity is just not there. And so these kids would have been exposed to these viruses last year or the year before. And so I, I think there's definitely... Um, that uh, immunity gap um, that's happening that we're seeing a lot of kids just get exposed and, and frankly, just have a lot of issues with breathing. And so there's a lot of high flow, a lot of CPAP, BiPAP, hmm. and unfortunately, maybe probably some intubations as well. But I always try to tell families that like RSV is not like COVID in the sense that like we actually know RSV pretty well. We actually are very familiar in how to manage it. And we know that most kids do well with supportive care. That being said, stop coming to the emergency department if they have a fever and a cough. It doesn't matter. They will be fine. But I always tell them about breathing and hydration and all that good stuff has to be careful. So, yeah, the problem is that, I mean, people hear about a new virus and they are they hear something new and they think it is new. And therefore, they're just like, my kid needs to be tested for RSV. And it's like, they really don't. There's nothing mm-hmm. we can do about it if they have it, and you're just going to write it out. So it's a bit, Dis- I think it's a bit insensitive. Disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer alert. This is not medical advice. I know. Oh, you're right. Actually, you should add it there, Kevin, before I get sued. Someone's yeah, like, to put it in, Dr. Uh, Jones, in every, don't come uh, to the yard. Yeah, but oh, you are man. once again on the on the front lines as a pediatric emergency medicine physician. Mm-hmm. You're you're back. I think it's the best part of being the ED is that you always see what happens first. You're the first people to see or, or know anything, and that's the best part. I like it. I mean, if well, it depends how well you deal with uncertainty. <laughs> so if you want it, if you want, I'd be mean, like you guys, anesthesia, you, like you guys know what you're right, like. Okay, I'll figure it out. Figure it out, uh, Nate. What, what's coming? It's like the zombie movies. You're you'd be the first to find out. Yeah, right. Like, where, where's the ED staff? They're all they're all bitten. <laughs> Figured out where the anesthesia is, like chilling, locked up in the OR. <laughs> yeah, locked up in the OR. Man, it's oh, RSV, man. but but hospitals are filling up. Overfilled, filled. Overfilled. Yeah, I, it's because so many kids are getting it, and then so many are needing um, hospital level care. And the issue is also just like um, there's also for pediatric beds. I think don't don't quote me on this, but I do believe there's been like a downsize in the amount of available beds. A lot of hospitals systems, particularly if they're not peds centered don't i don't think they see much of a profit in pediatric beds which is unfortunate yeah. the way our system is set up and therefore it's relying heavily on your larger um show, like shunt hospitals or even like you know, even adult facilities that have pediatric wards um and dealing with that so i don't know we see a lot we see a lot right, so but i guess you don't do i guess you don't deal with rsv because you're not you're not i mean you can get an rsv as, as at any age pretty much but okay oh, um mm-hmm, but it's usually like you've been exposed to it so many times you're usually okay i mean i usually get sick at least once every like couple years because I'm used to like kids just coughing in my face. So though I do wonder now that I wear a mask more if my immunity is not as, as strong. We'll see. Mm. I know. I'm gonna rough it out. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, had, uh, the we actually have some like kids, some like older kids in in the hospital in our ICU in the floor because mm-hmm. hospitals are, are so full. Oh really? 
Oh, well, Comer must be. I'm mean, well, sorry. We're not supposed to say. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you don't work there oh, anymore. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, if you hear the yeah, name sponsors. I know, right? It must be. It must be full. I mean, they're not that. There's not that many beds anyway to begin with. But yeah, yeah. Ooh. Oof. Yeah. And especially, especially also because like in Southside Chicago, there is a higher, I think, a large, large amount of people who have like reactive airway disease or asthma. Um, and I think RSV can cause bronchiolitis, but also can you know, exacerbate your underlying reactive airway disease. And so some people, maybe some kids, especially, maybe needing like albuterol continuously or steroids as well. And, and may need also positive pressure too. So, well, yeah, they're all okay. I think I'm behind. I need to get my flu shot and my COVID booster. You and I both, which is sad. I think they're going to email me soon. <laughs> oh, you're, you're delinquent too? I am. Because I, the problem is that they schedule them in times where I'm like, I'm either not on campus or, or if I am on campus, I'm on, in the middle of a shift. And so I don't usually yeah. go. I'm not going to CVS. I'm not paying for anything. So I'm just nope, nope. like, I got, I got the first email. They were like, you're delinquent. But I think the, the deadline was like December. Yeah, my, our our deadline was November 9th. Um, and right now it's November twelfth, and I'm still haven't gotten you about to it. Lose but I will get deadline. it. I will definitely get it this week. So cool, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, Black Panther. Yes, yes. You guys saw it. Oh, comes <laughs> uh, forever. We can't, I guess we can't do any spoilers because this is we can't. Yeah, we should. We should. We should have like a spoiler talk and see what. See like some. I don't know comic book heads. I don't know if they're how that fits into uh, the theme of the podcast. <laughs> see, <laughs> but oh, well, we man. just what? it's the Black Editors podcast. The Black Panther, because yeah. because the, the, when we watched the first movie, we actually watched the first one together. How Staff Diversity Committee. Oh, that's and right. That's it was right. Such a crazy um, time and such a significant moment for all mm-hmm. of us to like be there with the first yeah, movie and our, and our garb and everything else. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, so this mm-hmm. one, you know, was different. It was kind of reminiscing about the first movie and all the the hoopla and and Tadwick, and then kind of yeah. seeing all that again was ah brings you back. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. So mm-hmm. if you haven't already, go out and see the new Black Panther movie. It's totally worth Wakanda it. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Black Panther. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, we we have a whole talk about, like, obviously, we, the, obviously the central point of the movie is grief. And we all know that, um, unfortunately, Chadwick um, Boseman passed away um, a few years ago. Um, but I think the central theme of the movie is grief. And I think it's interesting. That could be a topic. How we deal with grief, um, particularly in the black community. And because we see it all the time, I mean, you you're you're now in the ICU, so you probably see you see a lot more than I do. Um, oh yeah. What it's like for fam- families to make those decisions and to lose loved ones. So it's tough. Uh, very positive um, note. Topic. Wait, side, is my mic too loud? I feel like I'm getting like like I'm my voice is very clear and dominating, which I love. But I want to make sure. Um, yeah, I mean, no, it sounds fine, especially with the new. Yeah. Uh, um. So oh, so the things that have changed since since you were last okay. with us, I was going to go back and look. It's been like three months. <laughs> Took a brief sabbatical to yeah, my life together. Um, so I got this fancy new audio editing software. Like this stuff is like next level, like not fully professional, but this yeah. can like, like I can literally go in and find all the ums uh, uh-huh. that, that you, you know, love to I, I, I literally dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> so I can actually like everywhere. isolate that audio and then uh-huh. tell the program to like find all of the ums and then just take them oh, out. Wow. Oh, wow. So that's better. They used to edit me to make me sound like... I... <laughs> I was like, am I the unedited version of this podcast? And Steven just edited himself, and I sound crazy. Oh, great, awesome, love it, love um, it. So, so hopefully you will have noticed, you know, uh, an improved audio quality. I really try. That's like my passion is for music and audio engineering. So I've like, yeah, all these little plugins. Like I could take out the resonance. Like resonance is like the echo in the room essentially. So I can like change mm-hmm. the echo. I could take out 
Well, anyways, that's no one. Wants oh, so we are, are we doing like Dolby Digital? Like, is that sound? <laughs> pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. So, wow. Okay. Um, the IMAX experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Black so, Diamond Podcast. So the IMAX experience. That, that <laughs> is that is what is new with the show. We talked about. We, we actually had a couple of topics to, to discuss, but mm-hmm. Twitter is oh, yeah. is on the list because you are mm-hmm. you big on twitter or no you don't i'm really... not actually i was forced to get a twitter as a, a twitter account um i feel like i'm flexing on his uncle um I, you I were on twitter uncle. before me like you've been on twitter like active for yeah. you used to be at least. i wouldn't say act. i was very active and i was in uh, medical school and residency um because i thought i had more to say or i thought people would <laughs> want to hear what i had to say what, what, what were you saying <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> like i i was i mean what was this, this was like Probably, oh God, 2000. This is like Obama age, mm. and then leading into Trump, Trumpism. So, I, I, if those who know me, I, I love politics and policy and all that good stuff. And so, I was pretty much talking a lot about like politics. And because it, I do have two handles, one is my prof- my professional one, and my one is my personal one. I don't have which a free one, Twitter. Which one? Do I have? <laughs> I don't, you just have, you, you combine your personal life and professional life. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> No, I don't know which Twitter oh. handle I have for you. I don't know. I don't oh, know which, oh, Nate, which oh, you, Nate I'm oh. following. No, no. If it's if it's Doctor Nate MD, um, that's that's just that's unfortunately the one I came up with. Very clever, but I did it because I went <laughs> to original. a conference and they talked about social media branding for healthcare professionals. And I, was, I should work on my brand, and that's as far as I went. But I don't use Twitter that much because I find Twitter, I find Twitter aggravating and. I don't I, maybe because I'm I like pictures so like Instagram works better for me, and also I find like the rhetoric and the hmm. like grossness of it like the fighting and all that stuff is unnecessary. Though I love Twitter fights, which is why also I got off of it because I think it's so easy at Twitter fingers and like literally just be like I'm just gonna blast it. But it's like well I don't know if that's actually like fruitful conversation that we all need to have, but. Hey, each their own. But you are, are you big on Twitter? I feel like I've seen I, your post. Like, well, I've tried to like figure it out. So, you know, a couple years ago when I was like, actually like, I wasn't trying to be an influencer, but I just had a lot of time on my hands. So. <laughs> <laughs> it says a lot. I have so much free time in residency. I had so much free time. I just. No, in, the, in the Navy. You know, oh, the Navy. Working, sorry, I wasn't sorry, working sorry. that hard. Oh, okay. Uh, we oh, finished, okay. We finished the or, like four just, o'clock every day. It was just Veterans Day. <laughs> it was Veterans Day. You're welcome for my service. <laughs> but you leave me the OR at three o'clock in the afternoon. Somebody, yeah. somebody had to had to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so I was like, let me get into Twitter. Part of it was the podcast, right? Because I was like, mm-hmm. I need to do promotions. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. who am I promoting my podcast to on Twitter? Because I only have five followers. Mm-hmm. So then I started like trying to gain my Twitter following, but I never really figured out what to tweet. You know, there's like tweets mm-hmm. that go viral, but I don't know. You have to like usually say something that's like off the wall or slightly offensive yeah. and and then like you just blow up yep so i don't know really i still don't really know how to use twitter and then i honestly hate the like the med twitter because although there's two things Ooh. i've learned a lot you go piss the people off. <laughs> so i feel like twitter is is a it's a, it's a whole new twitter these days so it I, is it people is, it on is. twitter don't know what what what's going on with twitter um yeah but i i would uh i learned a lot on med twitter because they're like uh-huh. people do occasional like tutorials or whatever and sometimes I'm oh, like, okay. oh, that's good. And and there's a one anesthesiologist that does this Blocktober feature every October, Blocktober. And mm-hmm. every day he posts about a different nerve block with like journal articles and videos. He's out of Duke. And I was like, holy okay. cow, like I learned so much from that. But it's it's the rest of it is like the med Twitter and they're always fighting yeah. and they're always talking about PAs and NPs and 
other or things. Or another discussion, which I think would be interesting too, yeah. Uh, so I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been watching this whole uh, Elon Musk Twitter debacle from a distance. And honestly, it is... Yeah. We were talking about drama earlier. Ooh. Yeah. It's been, it's been spicy. It has. It has. Um, I think it's interesting because... I gotta be careful what I say. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting because um, what Elon Elon's listening. I don't know what kind of like Twitter boxes around here. No, I'm kidding. No, I think uh, it's interesting because obviously he like there's been a lot of tension about like you know the idea of what free speech is and the ability to say what you want on Twitter and and, and it's like rise against cancel culture and against wokeness and blah 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 blah. I swear to God, I, personally, if I heard the word woke again, I'm just gonna lose my mind. I think it was <laughs> such a good time for us to understand it during the Get Out era and then. Um, Racist white people just took it and then um, have a, you know, made yeah. it unbearable for me to listen to. On that note, let's take a break and pay some bills. We're going to hear from our partner, TrueLearn, and what they offer for pre-medical students, medical students, and other health professions learners. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying listening to the show. I want to take a minute to talk about TrueLearn and thank them for sponsoring the Black Doctors Podcast. TrueLearn is a medical exam preparation company that helps you outperform on your boards. If you are a medical student or resident physician, you should definitely check out their products. If you sign up, please use the code BDPODCAST and you'll get a discount. They have resources for both DO students as well as MD students and even physician assistants. When it comes to residency licensure, they offer question banks for over eight different specialties. TrueLearn gives analytics that give you insight into your study habits, your question responses, and tracks you along with your peers. Students and residents average 20% improvements after completing a TrueLearn smart bank. Check them out at truelearn.com. And again, remember to use the code BDPODCAST to receive your special discount. Now back to the show. But, um, so I think this idea that like we're going that that Twitter needs to be this completely free speech, free like whatever expression, and like you can say whatever you want, and then it allows this like vitriol to sort of seep into the like the internet, and it's nothing that's not already there, right? But these are things that people yeah. are already saying or thinking, and they're just like now they can hide behind a Twitter handle and say whatever they want, and then the idea that Elon, who's like this quote unquote champion for free for freedom of speech, uh, decides to like go out and like and like really do this like bravado type of thing but literally just go out and buy twitter and then there's this huge thing where he's like he actually actually gets it and then right. he's like oh actually no i'm good i, I didn't really i don't really want to i don't, I don't really want to I'm good. I'm good on that and then they're like oh no no you're gonna pay us we're gonna take you to court and then he goes okay you know i guess i'm here but i'm going to totally do something do a lot of things that like don't promote exactly what you're trying to do. He's going to get rid of, he got rid of half the staff. He fired a bunch, a bunch yeah. of leadership. He, there's, there's talks of a paywall and the idea of like verification is now purchasable, which again, has a lot of issues when it comes to like, you know, how you present yourself online and who's real and who's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and also equity, like who has access to social media to be able to speak. Freedom of speech is a, like, it's a civil right. It's a right you're supposed to, that everyone's supposed to have. Um, and if you're claiming that Twitter is a space for that so-called place for freedom of speech, but you're going to create paywalls and things, it's not equitable for people to be able to speak in that fashion. So that's my rant on Elon Musk it, and Twitter. It's, but um, it's fascinating to me because where we are, like I've always because I never really fully embraced Twitter. I, I've realized some people have this mm-hmm. connection to Twitter, like that is their primary source for news and information. Like that's it's never been that way for me. 
So the whole argument mm-hmm. about restricting free speech back when, you know, they kicked Trump off and they're like, oh, you're restricting free speech. Yeah. And I'm, I've been of the mindset this whole entire time that this is somebody's private company and they get to regulate mm-hmm. who is or is not on it, whether that's whoever owned Twitter before, whether it's Elon mm-hmm. owning Twitter now. And honestly, in my, in my opinion, if we don't like Twitter, then you can move, right? People are looking for that next the yep. next thing, which Mastodon, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I think people are like jumping on a Mastodon or something. Uh, yeah, I've heard something. I've, again, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'd be cooler if I was younger. I'm not that old, but I feel like medicine has aged me. I feel like I don't know yeah, any oh, of these yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Like, you, what, you, what is, you, what is, but but I will say, so that, and then and then remember like uh, in COVID, people were like angry about the, the blue tech because everybody wanted yeah. to get verified. And, you know, yeah. there's like certain parameters to be verified to some people that, that should have especially like black women in medicine that that mm-hmm. weren't being verified when you had all these other people with misinformation and it was such a big mm-hmm. deal that people were like calling out twitter left to right to be verified and people have these huge platforms and all of a sudden overnight they totally flipped that script and now you pay eight bucks mm-hmm. and you get a blue check which is yeah i honestly What's the value of the blue check anymore i and i think it's hilarious because with that mm-hmm. move to i don't know what his plan was or, or profit i guess and connect, connecting mm-hmm. that to being verified, it opened the door for everybody to buy blue checks and impersonate these accounts. Anyway, so have you, I don't know if you've yeah. seen some of these tweets that, that went out. I saw the Eli Whitney, or Eli, was it? Oh Eli yeah, um, Eli <laughs> Lilly. <laughs> Wait, oh, <laughs> Eli Whitney <laughs> in the cotton gin? <laughs> I just went off the what? <laughs> I, said, I said that, I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like the company at all. It sounds like- Eli like Whitney class. and the cotton gin revolutionized uh, <laughs> exactly. the cotton industry. It, well, and, yeah, and Eli, the Eli, Eli Whitney's also been the person <laughs> now on Twitter. No, um, no uh, yeah, I saw about that. The, Yes, I saw about the, the free the free insulin thing. People were like, oh, there's free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's a uh, one somebody impersonating Nestle. We steal your water mm-hmm. and sell it back to you. LOL. That was their tweet. So it looks like Nestle is tweeting that. It's actually true. It's actually it's true. true. <laughs> Coca Cola. Uh, we are proud to announce that we are the number one plastic polluter in the world four years in a row. Ooh. And with God as my witness, we vowed to do it a fifth time from a, ver- oh, a verified Coca Cola uh, a company. Mm-hmm. SpaceX, which is Elon's company. Someone told Elon yep. his um, uh, expletive would be bigger on Mars. And that's honestly what all of this has been about. So wow. it's been um, crazy just to say, because you know, I love drama. and You know yeah. I love drama. <laughs> you're, the, you're the one in the back corner just like staring. <laughs> Eat some chips, not involved at all. It's just like that. <laughs> So I've just been sitting back and every day there's yeah. a new new tweet. Eli Lilly talking yeah. about insulin. Yeah. Um yep. one of the the was it Northrop Grumman, one of the um arms dealers or, or companies, they mm-hmm. they there was some tweet that like they weren't selling weapons to Saudi Arabia and like you see that this mm-hmm. starting to affect the stock market. So it's just been one big catastrophic mess, which I don't know how it's gonna end, but it's like it's like reality TV, except in yeah. real life. It is, it is. And I think what's interesting is that like Twitter, um, if I'm quoting this correctly, gets like 80, 90% of their revenue comes from ad dollars. Wow. Um, and so a lot of what is sort of thinking about, and this is why the price of Twitter is plummeting, because like, and Eli, Eli, Eli Jesus Christ, Elon, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Eli would eat that in my mind. Oppression. Uh, I, don't I don't know. I know. Oppression. I just saw my fan there. It's just, everything's in my head right now. Um, so Elon was talking about like uh, Twitter going bankrupt. Um, I think this time next year or something similar. He was forecasting something in a few months. Um, largely because advertisers are sort of saying, hey, we're going to pause because we don't know what this yeah. is. And you can't advertise like something like Ford or, or maybe no. 
sorry, May 4 is a bad example. Uh, we can't advertise like Coca-Cola next to like this racist tweet, right? Like I think that doesn't, right, right. It doesn't, it's not going to fit your brand and it's going to look crazy. And so a lot of major advertisers are pausing their um, their uh, involvement with Twitter because of how how much has this changed. So a lot of people are thinking like, is this the end of Twitter? I, I don't think so. I do think that, um, and maybe, I don't know, I mean, what happened to Vine? Well, Vine wasn't as big as Twitter. Um, but yeah. I do think that like what's probably going to happen is Twitter's probably going to drop its price somewhat low that people are just going to easily just pick up and buy it and someone's going to um, take over and probably restore it and we'll see where it goes from there. See where it goes. But yeah. So is, I don't know. I, what, do you, what do you think it means for like, I, what do you think it means? I always think about, and I, I know you hate men Twitter, but um, I found it very interesting when they were using, <laughs> I'm going to call you out, when they were using, especially the uh, trainees, the medical students, when they match, are they're like looking for advice for matching or those who unfortunately don't match and those types. Um, and in the accessibility that's defined, like these mentors, like really big people in medicine or even like program directors and stuff through Twitter and I think and social media I think is super important. So I worry about those communities. I think social media has done a lot to help minor, minoritized communities, and I think that's a great resource that may be potentially lost. And I'm and I'm wondering and I worry about those those people. So no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And and I wonder, you know, it took so long to build. I was just looking up when Twitter started. I think it's been like 16 years yeah, that Twitter's yeah. been around. And of course, like you know, that was for years before you went, you know, you or I found Twitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took even longer for that Met Twitter community to be developed. I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe not because I just wasn't um, party to it. But mm-hmm. it took a while for like the early adopters and then Met Twitter to build this community to mm-hmm. uh, to do what you mentioned, whether it's a Met student, you know, looking for a match position or disseminating information. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, you know, we have to find a home that we move to next as a community whether it's back to the blogs. It also speaks to like the significance of building your brand on somebody else's mm, um, property platform. or land, yeah. your yeah. platform. Yeah. So you, you've invested so much in your Twitter platform that that mm. overnight has been corrupted and mm. and its nature has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people that are like entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. social media influencers, right? Mm-hmm. You've built your entire brand on Twitter mm-hmm. or have you built your brand on Instagram? Mm-hmm. where, you know, who knows what happens or who's going to buy Instagram as part of Facebook and Meta. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, your career or your side hustle, whatever, is kind of on an intangible commodity, if mm-hmm. you will, because who knows what, what could happen. Whatever they're yeah. paying you, you know, for your promotion, it could it could disappear overnight. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's like um, it's like all things in society is all make believe. Um, it's like because like, the value of something is only given value if, if, if a collective group of people decide that it has value. And so it's not one in which like you have the ability to control the value of your brand if your brand is being part of a medium and a platform that is you know, unless your brand is like crazy racism then yeah sure i mean twitter's oh, all yeah. for you go ahead and do it it's thriving <laughs> like, thriving <laughs> i mean hey some the alex joneses and everybody else in the world like yeah. no, we don't think they're going to accuse me of defamation um but i think that like the that, those are the those people that works for them i got to consider i don't know the conservative part i don't know um that's, that's it's one of our free speech free speechers yeah that um so, you i don't know, know and and and, and a couple months ago, I mean, you you laughed at our, our NFT episode of the, of the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, we talked about like, NFTs. There's yes. the Board Ape Yacht Club. Yeah. There's a uh, Bitcoin, and like mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Whether it was when the economy tanked, um, mm-hmm. whatever whatever happened like eight to twelve months ago, where everything just my doggy coin, all the doggy coin. Yeah. Oh my god. 
I think I lost like up. two grand in in two days. Really? Like I bought some. It was some other coin. Um, it wasn't. It was like Shiba Inu coin or something. I don't know. I no. saw it on Twitter or on Instagram. Well, yeah. It did so you got your financial advice from Twitter. Great, great. <laughs> the Bradley I, I household is sound. <laughs> <laughs> financial advice is being got. On Twitter. I, I okay. have never lost money so quickly. As yeah. putting two uh, grand in a Shiba Inu coin and then watching yeah. it just dwindle into 150 bucks over like two weeks. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, um, but now like all that stuff is is gone, or at least I mean I don't see it in my in my Twitter or in my Instagram yeah. page. You so, mean like the advertising for Bitcoin or uh, that and like uh remember Board Ape Yacht Club, like the like you buy the NFT, people were buying these like oh. NFTs and, and graphics for like hundreds of thousands of dollars and mm-hmm. Well, you. Oh yeah, I do. Remember. Sorry, I do remember. I remember. <laughs> I do remember something about NFT. Again, I feel like I am. I've aged rapidly in the last like three years. Um, these things are like uh, now. I know what people felt like. Like our like parents and grandparents were like, yeah. I don't know what y'all talking about. I don't know what they're talking. I don't know why. Right, we're, um, we're at that weird spot. Because yeah. if and yeah. when Twitter disappears, I'm like, I don't know what I'll get into if anything. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to think about those things. Um, mm-mm. Wait, what were you saying before? Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> oh, just, oh, I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how yeah. fleeting everything is. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you know, for people that get into and in, um, being influencers or building mm-hmm. a brand, just I think one of the lessons here is to be mindful of where you choose to house and host that brand, buy mm-hmm. your web domain, right? Because that's something mm-hmm. that's the .com thing isn't going anywhere for the foreseeable future. So at least buying your website, building your platform somewhere that you can continue to direct your your followers and your patrons despite whatever happens on social media, Twitter, Instagram. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think it's the one takeaway that I, I see from it. Yeah, no, I think it's important to protect your brand, but also understanding that as you, especially as a trainee, as you're coming into healthcare and medicine, um, that you do have a personal brand, right? I mean, hospitals, I mean, depending on where you work, some hospitals even advertise you on the billboard. Like, this is yeah. Dr. Bradley. He's over a new surgeon. I mean, I don't know. It's like maybe it's a small town. I think the small town thing. I don't see Philadelphia <laughs> giving me a billboard anytime soon. <laughs> but but there is a personal brand. I mean, you're on the, you know, you see the hospital website. Like, there, there's there's a visibility that you have in, in, in medicine that is super important to be very con- protective of and, and to preserve it, which is also why, like, even doing podcasting, thinking about, like, the way I'm speaking now is very much, I'm also always kind of thinking a little bit more i don't think before i speak generally but here i'm like thinking more because again i do have like a personal brand and i'm trusting that steven's going to edit this podcast and not make me sound like an idiot <laughs> make me get <laughs> it's very hard, like, it's difficult very difficult oh, yeah. to do okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean the, you can auto auto uh, whatever correct these things um the, the, the that's the thing right because it, it only takes you know I mean, especially being mm-hmm. a black physician, it just takes one thing. It just, it just, I feel like we're always on thin ice in some ways, which is why the system feels so stressful because you don't have a lot of laxity um, like some of my other colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and especially like, so for me doing these interviews right now, and I remember several years ago, like three, four years ago, you know, people were blowing up med influencer community. Mm-hmm. Again, I had the time. Um, yeah. There's people doing dances on Instagram <laughs> during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. TikTok, yeah, it was yeah. like a whole thing. Yeah. And part of me was like, man, like, I want to be that person. I want a big following. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, well, people are getting brand deals and all this stuff. Yeah. And I remember like, I kind of sat and thought, and I spent a lot of time thinking about where I wanted to go, what space I wanted to fill. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it just didn't fit for me, the the dance that 
TikTok dancing, like the viral reels. And, you know, lo and behold, several years later, as I'm interviewing for jobs or as I was interviewing for fellowship, uh, you know, a couple, like two years ago, I was interviewing for jobs now. Mm-hmm. And I sit down and like, oh, you have a very, uh, act, uh, you know, a very active uh, uh, website. Yeah. Social oh, yeah, media yeah, yeah, presence. Yeah, yeah. All the, like all this, oh, you have a podcast. And like all this yeah. stuff that I do, which obviously like people have access to. Yeah. But it's a, a big question of, you know, are you proud of your social media presence? And are mm-hmm. you like happy discussing that on job interviews Mm-hmm. Um, on fellowship or residency interviews. Um, and even like, you know, I don't post anything offensive, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm much happier to, to talk about, oh, yeah, I host the Black Doctors podcast, which focuses yeah. on increasing diversity in medicine. And that can be divisive at depending yep. on the institution, depending on the person, right? But that's actually mm-hmm. a very good thing because if it's divisive and offensive to you, then mm-hmm. please let me know. Yeah, because it tells you that's so, not the so environment you're going to be in. Yeah, so I can keep it pushing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, <laughs> like, this has been great. I love that you flew me out here. Didn't know you were racist. I'm ready to leave. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just, it's, it's true. It's true. I think that's the um, idea behind, quote unquote, like uh, respectability politics and, and, mm. and how you present yourself. Because in some ways... There is a way that we're supposed to speak and talk. And in a lot of ways, it is a form of defense, right? A lot of minoritized, minoritized people is think about, like, well, how do we get through this society that's not built for us to survive? And how do we get through that? Um, and a lot of ways, it's to adopt the social, the societal, quote-unquote societal pressures of things, right? Like how you should wear your hair and how you should speak and what you should wear and and um, and how you should present yourself online. I mean, I think that's why I, I talked earlier about having two different Twitter accounts because like one Twitter account, I just want to say whatever I want and no one knows who I am. And the other one, I'm like, well, let me just repost this study from JAMA and talk about these things. Um, <laughs> so it's like, do I read JAMA on a regular basis? I, not not daily. I definitely don't read it daily. Uh, so those are, those are the things that, I, and I, I wonder for you, because I know you've dealt with this, particularly like being in the Navy and then being like back in civilian life and being an academic center. And then, and then like, I mean, I think there's different levels of what it's like to present ourselves and how we go about things. But I'm curious, like you, you especially your hair journey, because I see your back to your, your <laughs> element, you're back to the, the initial scene that I knew. <laughs> You've had a whole journey. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Tune in next week for the second part of this conversation where we actually get into discussing respectability politics and professionalism. Um, we had a, had a great conversation i know you're gonna learn a lot from and we targeted something for everybody from medical students applying to residencies to students applying in medical school to program directors and those in academic medicine how do you approach professionalism and do you understand um some what some of what our underrepresented in medicine minority trainees are going through and their experiences in their respective programs i'm steven your host Thanks for joining us and listening to the Black Doctors Podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring our show, we are looking for sponsors for the start of Season 7, which will come in January. So if it's something you're interested in, you want to partner with us and get your product or organization in front of our listeners, please reach out. Visit our website, www.theblackdoctorspodcast.com, or send us a message on Instagram. Thanks for listening to the Black Doctors Podcast. We are here because representation matters.